listening to the Crude Audacity Podcast, the podcast that talks shop, shit, and strategy for oil, energy, and politics. Here's your host, Catherine Mills. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Crude Audacity. Thanks so much for tuning in on this Thursday morning. We have a lot of big items to cover today, so we're going to jump right into it. Let's talk about the political duo Joey Forgets a Lot Biden and Kamala Horizontal Running Harris. They are the most loved, the most popular, most admired presidential leaders in history, right? Of course. Of course they are. Now, for all of those who know me and have been listening, I am being fictitious. The most admired leader is actually Donald Trump. They did a poll. He unseated Obama. But this do-nothing couple was sworn in yesterday, sworn into the office of the presidency. Lots of upside-down flags, folks, all over social media. Lots of people in distress and white supremacy and systematic racism did make a reoccurring appearance at the inauguration. Without unity, there is no peace. Sounds to me like comply or suffer, don't you think? Threats to democracy and truth. Sounds like he's still a little sore that no one believes that Biden actually legitimately was legally elected. Overall, the inauguration was incredibly dark. There were veiled threats. There was a militarized zone. The left is driving cancel culture and threatening the existence of freedom of speech. So no, listen closely to Biden's speech. There are dark views of conservatives. And when he speaks about opportunity and unity, do you actually think those opportunities apply to conservatives or just conservatives who are weak, need and fall in line? I'll let you decide for yourself. So I don't know about you, but I am getting incredibly bored with the overuse of racism and the liberal party and media. You are making a very serious accusation lose its meaning. Do you do you understand that? It's losing its impact. When people claim racism, I have gotten to the point where I simply roll my eyes. Get a better argument. Get an educated argument because 99% of what is being decided is being justified through racism. And the reality is that 99% of everything out there isn't racist at all. It's just your favorite word because you don't want to rely on facts and logic and data. You want to rely on emotions. That speech was in no way unifying. And when I mean unifying, I mean the actual definition of unity, not comply. Meanwhile, All you couch surfers out there, all you haters, everyone's stalking me on Facebook. To y'all, it was a great speech. Why, though? Tell me why. Why were you not listening? What did you miss? I'm not digging deep to pick up on these threats. No one else is either. Doesn't take half a brain to figure out that we were being threatened yet again. In truth, I I actually think the speech was forgettable. I mean, don't you? It... I'll pull it for reference, but it was in no way unifying or remotely galvanizing to the American people, whatever side of the aisle you fall on. The thing is, is that when Biden speaks, he is not spurring. 
he doesn't motivate you. The Dems want him to be Obama 2.0, but he consistently falls short. There was nothing. The speech was written for him, but because it was not written in his tone or his level of intellect, it did not reflect his leadership. It did not reflect him. It didn't reflect his personality, and therefore it fell short. Nobody cares anymore because it was a bad speech. Just my opinion. But for all of those naysayers out there who say it was galvanizing, it was great, it was what leadership is made of, I'm here to remind you that talk is cheap. Actions. Your actions are exactly what matters. And I think Biden's actions in the first 24 hours of his presidency have said it all. There were over 26,000 U.S. troops on the Hill yesterday both behind and in front of an eight-foot wall, armed and in full uniform. Guns and walls, people. Isn't this the party that hates guns and walls? Proud Americans were replaced with 200,000 flags on the National Mall. I wonder what the overall viewer rating was. I'm going to have to look into that because I thought that this president was popular. I thought he was a president for the people. From what you hear... He is galvanizing the American people into getting back to work, to fighting COVID, to opening their arms to the external world. And what they really did was have no one show up because no one was going to show up. It was literally the first time Biden has spoken to a crowd, a crowd of flags. They should have done that when he was on his presidential campaign. No, in short, the inauguration was the biggest waste of military force that I have ever seen. Displays like what we see or have been witnessed in Venezuela, a a dictatorship country. What we were witnessing was proof of a coup, ladies and gentlemen. It was not a greatly admired president speaking to his constituents. And it leads me to ask, are Nancy's cronies really still terrified of an insurrection? Or are they sending the working man a message? A message that they are in fact above the law, that they can target and punish whomever they like, and Big Brother will be in your living room before you know it. Oh yes, in my opinion, the guards were there to send a message and take heed. It's sad because they mostly just had to stand around. I mean, even even the media coverage of the guards, of the military force, they were so uncoordinated, they had nothing to do. It was all for ceremony's sake. So remember, Nancy needed to send you a message. The Democrats, the elites, needed to send you a message. And that message was, we are the law. But they're not celebrating. That's the remarkable thing. No one in the Democratic Party seems happy tonight. They're angrier than ever. Instead of taking victory laps, they are plotting revenge against the people they just beat. They're thinking of new ways to injure and humiliate and degrade their political opponents, make it impossible for them to work again, throw them in jail, destroy their lives. It's hard to describe how weird and strange and awful this is to watch. Imagine winning a tennis match in straight sets, then immediately leaping over the net and smashing your opponent in the face with your racket. It wasn't enough for you to win you had to inflict physical pain. You couldn't be happy until another human being screamed in agony. What kind of person would do that? 
Well, the kind of people we're watching now, the kind of people who are even more vicious when they win. The leaders of the Democratic Party have now decided that 74 million Trump voters weren't just wrong or misguided. They didn't simply back the wrong guy or have incorrect opinions or fail to see the obvious truths. No, the threat they pose is graver and more serious than that, more dangerous. These 74 million Trump voters are, in fact, terrorists. They're a looming physical threat to the rest of us, and we must deal with them in the way that you deal with threats like that, existential threats to the nation. Saddam Hussein, al-Baghdadi, Kim Jong-un, Donald Trump's voters. Something else that keeps occurring and has occurred for the last two weeks, and it's really, it's just grinding my gears, people. Now look, I went to an all-girls boarding school. I went to an all-girls college. I am for all women supporting women. Unfortunately, I don't think that happens at all. <laughs> I think women are naturally jealous and only a few can rise above that. Although I do think that women are incredibly strategic, incredibly motivated, and when put in the right position, they are relentless. I'm all for powerful women rising and entrepreneurial efforts, and I, I don't think that there is ever success without failure. But the way women have been speaking about, remember to wear your pearls, remember the pink and green. I went to Sweetbriar College. I lived pink and green, okay? But they're doing this all for Kamala Harris. Make no mistake about it, Kamala Harris has an Olympic medal in horizontal running, if you catch my drift. Her legal career is stained with dirty dealings. Her political career has not been much better. Not much has been accomplished, if you can even call it accomplishments. She is quite literally a person with no achievement. That is your standard do-nothing politician. She backed groups fighting to free violent, multi-offense criminals. She failed so greatly in her presidential bid that she had to drop out early, if you remember. Her career is stained, again, stained by sending innocents to jail. To jail. And her only standout moment in any debate has been when she was calling Joe Biden a bigot and a racist and creepy, a possible sex offender. Both accounts, I think, have been more than proven accurate. But that was it. That is all Kamala Harris is. And yet somehow women are rejoicing that Kamala is a role model, shattering glass ceilings, changing the game. With this woman's track record, I would say that she is far from a role model. Her biggest moment in the last two weeks wasn't that she resigned her role in the Senate to become the VP, but that she plagiarized Dr. Martin Luther King. And why? Explain to me why you would want your daughters to aspire to be this woman. Is merit dead? Why aspire when you can achieve with your boobs, right? This woman is why other women struggle in boardrooms. She hasn't shattered any glass ceilings. Stop celebrating her and focus on the track record. Now, for all of those clutching your pearls right now, save me the dramatics and let the real women get out there and actually accomplish something. Now, I did catch Trump's farewell speech, and I thought it was short, sweet, presidential. Most of all, I want to thank the American people. To serve as your president has been an honor beyond description. Thank you for this extraordinary privilege, and that's what it is, a great privilege and a great honor. We must never forget that while Americans will always have our disagreements, 
We are a nation of incredible, decent, faithful, and peace-loving citizens who all want our country to thrive and flourish and be very, very successful and good. We are a truly magnificent nation. Four years ago, I came to Washington as the only true outsider ever to win the presidency. I had not spent my career as a politician, but as a builder looking at open skylines and imagining infinite possibilities. I ran for president because I knew there were towering new summits for America just waiting to be scaled. I knew the potential for our nation was boundless as long as we put America first. So I left behind my former life and stepped into a very difficult arena, but an arena nevertheless with all sorts of potential, if properly done. America had given me so much, and I wanted to give something back. Together with millions of hardworking patriots across this land, we built the greatest political movement in the history of our country. We also built the greatest economy in the history of the world. It was about America first because we all wanted to make America great again. We Not his typical flavor. You know, I will never regret my time supporting Trump, supporting what he represented or the achievements he made for the country. Can you can you tell me what Obama achieved? Can you actually do the research? And do you actually know? Because I can tell you exactly what Trump did for Americans. He lifted nearly 7 million people off of food stamps. Unemployment rates for African-Americans, Hispanics, Asians, Natives, veterans, individuals with disabilities, those without high school diplomas, they reached record lows. That's putting the American people first. Unemployment for women hit its lowest rate in 70 years. That is amazing. Unemployment rates reached 3.5%, and that was the lowest in over half a century. He achieved 40 months in a row. 40 months, people, of more job openings than hirings. That means that people were being innovative. More Americans reported being employed than ever before. That was nearly 160 million. And jobless claims hit nearly a 50-year low. Now, I understand COVID threw a wrench in some of these, but these are huge accomplishments. And COVID was a political weapon and still is. Okay, there have been too many accounts of people coming forward saying, yeah, it's out there. Yeah, it's serious. But it's not as prevalent as the media would have you believe. And on top of that, there's a very big difference between the phrases from and with. And you need to pay attention to that. The number of people claiming unemployment insurance as a share of the population hit its lowest on record. Incomes rose in every single metro district across the United States. That's never happened in three decades. Trump delivered a future that was greater than his promises and opportunity for all Americans, literally all Americans, not just those big, bad white supremacists that the Dems like to call out. He passed a $3.2 trillion historic tax relief, and that reformed the tax code. And you know who that relief benefited? The middle class, the middle class, the very class of people that Biden will be reinstating higher taxes on, 20% tax increases on. Your paycheck for all of those, ha ha ha, Biden won, you are about to get hit with such a hard slap of reality that you will get whiplash. Your paycheck 
gone. One of his biggest accomplishments, that being Trump, not Biden, not Obama, is that he signed the Tax Cuts and Job Acts. This was the largest tax reform package in history. More than 6 million American workers received wage increases, bonuses, and benefits as a result of this action. The typical family earns uh, about 75000 a year. And by implementing this bill, he was able to slash their taxes This doubled the standard deduction, which essentially, if you really need to break it down, made that first $24,000 of that $75,000 completely tax-free. Do you know how big a deal that is with rising cost of living? Over $1.5 trillion was repatriated back into the United States from overseas. That means more jobs and more opportunities for the working American. Lower investment costs, higher capital returns. This all led to faster growth in the middle class, from real wages and international competitiveness. There's nothing wrong with asking another country to pull their weight in a contract. Because of Trump, jobs and investments began to pour into opportunity zones where they otherwise did not exist. Essentially, he ended the regulatory assault on the American business and secured historic trade deals that defended the American worker. That entire list of accomplishments was all pro-America, was all pro-American worker. Nothing to do with China, nothing to do with Canada, with Mexico, with the Middle East, with third world nations. It was about the American worker elevating the American citizen. In all honesty, the list goes on. So I ask you, all of you proud leftists out there, you never Trumpers, what are Obama's accomplishments? What were Obama's accomplishments? What has Joey accomplished in 47 years of service? And whatever did Harris achieve? Whatever, because you've been trying to challenge me with it. And I would like for you to step up and tell me what Harris achieved. Because the few items I just listed are actually true accomplishments. And they happened because of the movement of Trump. No, instead, the left and the media have started calling for reprogramming of Americans who dare to support the rising of new conservatives. Remember, I said it in the last episode, what the left fears the most are individual thoughts and the freedom of opinion. Actually, I kind of take that back now that I said that. I I don't think they fear it. I think they hate it. They want submission, not unity, as we have found. And meanwhile, Trump's speech... Given the illegal state of cancel culture, it wasn't necessarily easy to find, but it spoke volumes. So thank you, Mr. President, number 45, for all you have done for the American people, for the movement and motivation that you brought back to the American people. I look forward to supporting you and your children and your team in future elections. Mm, Two years, people. Got to start planning. Although Trump's speech was simple... And it wasn't his typical rhetoric. I appreciate how he circled back to the why behind his service. And the why was always the American people. Interestingly, though, I guess this happens in every turnover, presidential turnover, every change of power. In Trump's final hours, it is reported that he pardoned over 140 people. And it seems that he covered everyone from minor drug infractions to minimal weapons charges. However, he did intentionally leave out Joe Exotic. And if you remember 
old Joey. He is serving a 22-year sentence for wildlife infringements and trying to arrange the murder for hire for his favorite, the one and only Carol Baskins. And I would yell it out right now, but some words you just can't say online. (laughs) I mean, I'm not sure how half of us honestly survived the beginning of COVID without the Tiger King this summer. And Joey's presidential bid was shockingly hilarious. Furthermore, just for comic relief, it was well reported that there was hair, makeup, and wardrobe. Oh, and let's not forget the limo fit for a celebrity waiting outside the prison for his presidential pardon. I guess it was about to whisk him back to his boyfriend and cats, but sadly, he did not make the cut. And while this does not exactly qualify as news, it is... It is hilarious that we are still talking about the Tiger King. (laughs) Yeah, I think we've seen since yesterday, the next 48 hours will be, as I said, a series of whiplash events for the new regime, the Biden administration regime. In addition, the critics to the $1.9 trillion wish list by the Biden team, a wish list that might actually be a reality people, it has met opposition. And the critics, I mean, what happened? You just rolled over a few days ago, read the Biden platform, and then decided we can't afford this? Or or better yet, let me guess, you all went on to Google and you said, what is economics? Yes, it would seem that some of those ride or dies for Biden are now running a bit scared to what they actually have signed up for. And you should be running scared. Furthermore, I predict some immediate changes in the media, which I will say we actually are already seeing. Seemingly overnight, the media has adopted a new tone. And now that Biden has unlimited reach into the world of the American people, I predict the next four years to be a continued Trump bashing and continued use of the phrases such as Trump terrorist or domestic terrorism and against the new wave of rising conservatives, because after all, Biden and Schumer are hell-bent on silencing the voices of those who oppose. Very, very similar to Russia and China. The media will transform into puppets, and no longer will you see the attacks and cross-examinations that were witnessed in the press room for the Trump administration. Rather, you will see softball journalism. For the purposes of support, you will see motorcades to Air Force One and airbrush photos of the First Lady. Basically, the media will play nice because Biden has been bought. Don't believe me? This, this is just a prelude into the next four years and quite possibly the dumbest thing ever said on CNN. Four years of the Trump presidency and the contrast on display tonight was so stark. I mean, those lights that are that are just shooting out from the Lincoln Memorial uh, along the reflecting pool. It, I look. It's like almost extensions of Joe Biden's arms embracing America. It was a- the administration went as far to have conservative men and women removed from guarding the inauguration because they might be compromised. If nothing else was extreme to you. I mean, even to you crazy liberal leftists, the rationalizers, this has to be recognized as an extreme action that was taken. Even members of Congress said there was little evidence to support any sort of concern. But here's the reality, people. If you are conservative in nature, you are compromised. 
the left has been calling for the reprogramming and rather the left and the media have been calling for the reprogramming of conservatives. The left does not want a unified front, people. They want the conservative beliefs wiped off the very face of the planet. They want history rewritten. That's what happens in Marxism. First, you get rid of the statues. Then you demand the rewriting of history. You demand the submission to extremist groups and then you own the hill. These servicemen dare disagree or have private personal beliefs that indicate they might not be pro-Biden. It was just another effort to make sure you knew that your role now is to fall in line. I hope all you service members out there, anyone who is listening, veteran or active, remember that your votes were destroyed and that your fellow man was dismissed because they presented the threat of ideas. Root out the enemy from within. Call for an FBI rigorous process, a SWAT analysis, if you will. Because of this belief, we only saw military and celebrities at the inauguration. Because it was never about the people. The people of America are not on the mind of this administration. It is all ceremony and champagne. They won. And they want you to know that they're in charge. So... For Biden's first tweet, he actually posted that there was no time to waste and that he was headed to the Oval Office to get right to work. I don't think he's ever worked a day in his life. And in all honesty, I am terrified of anything that Biden works on. Anytime Chuck Schumer is smiling with that Cheshire cat smile, their track records alone are proof that he is being bought for 47 years. And he veils it by calling it globalization. I think the whole world is pro-globalization if it benefits the American people. No, it's not just the tax hikes, the critical race theory, the uncontrolled spending, the crushing federal debt, or the alt-left immigration policies, or hell, the death of economics even. Remember that $15 minimum wage? It's not any of those things that scare me the most. It is the rise of green tyranny that I have been worried about because that, ladies and gentlemen, is a national security issue. No, what Biden meant when he said he was getting to work is that he was going to revoke the permits of the Keystone Pipeline, which, as of yesterday, we all know he did. So listen, I'm going to be real. I get it. Energy can be a boring topic for those who are not in the industry, and there is a lot of hype behind the criminalization of the oil and gas industry. But here's the deal, people. Oil backs the dollar. And if you do not think that the strength of the American people lies on our national reserves, then you do not fully grasp the threat that Biden has posed on national security. This is not an environmental issue. This is actually an environmental achievement. So here's another question. Do you really think AOC or Biden or Bernie or anyone up in Congress actually understands the significance of the heavy crude that we get from Canada? Do you? Have you ever thought about why instead of the protest? Yet again, green tyranny taking over. So do not forget that the green movement For those of you who've not done the research, the Green Movement began as an attack on capitalism. That was their end goal. It was not an actual environmental movement. In the 70s, the idea, the marketing ploy that is greenwashing 
was leverage. It was to target capitalistic ideas for the point of promoting socialism. The actual roots of the environmental movement, they, they began around the 1970s, and since that time, many, many have proclaimed the end of the world, the death of the human race. I mean, these are scary things that have been pushed. They're pushed in schools because the Dems control everything, right? They control the Hill. They control schools. They control social media. The thing is, is that none of these proclamations that really began late 60s, really early 70s, none of them have ever come true. None of them have ever been justified because none of them are based in science. And that's just the reality of the matter. Do your homework, do your research. But all of them are continuously disproven because none of these proclamations happen. They've never happened throughout the years. The whole idea that we began this world with the perfect CO2 level is a farce. We don't know what the perfect CO2 level is, but we can look through the fertilizer effect and basic industrial progress that energy elevates everyone. For those who do not know, the Keystone XL pipeline, it was originally proposed in 2008, and the opposition of this pipeline was built around what? Paid activists to destroy what they protest? I mean, they literally, I don't know if you've ever seen a protest site, but these protest camps, essentially, they destroy the hillside. They truck in with black escalades and set up destructive camps. It's essentially a paid for party. Um, people from all over, not local communities at all, uh, being paid for by people like George Soros, um, whose primary goal is to unseat his business competition, not an environmental movement. You know, pipelines are by far and away the safest way to transport any fluid, and that includes hydrocarbons. You will never be able, you as average citizens, even myself, you will never be able to grasp the extent of environmental impact studies and stakeholder assessments that go into projects like the Keystone Pipeline because you are not a part of it, but trust me, they are massive. There is no simple way to gauge the amount of research and magnitude of the design. Simply put, these teams have gone through relentlessly and diligently. They, they quite literally have no other option but to be accurate in their assessments for projects this large. In fact, the Obama administration found on five separate occasions that there would be no environmental impact associated with this pipeline, especially around CO2 emissions. And why? Like I said, contrary to social rumors, pipelines are incredibly safe and the most environmentally friendly way to transport. Going by rail or by truck or by shipyard, that creates opportunities for additional spills, VOCs, uh, other fugitive gas emissions, and a much larger environmental footprint. And we need to maintain that in order to achieve environmental standards, the first thing we look at is footprint impact. What is the full life circle of what we do as consumers? Committing to the Paris Climate Accord and killing a pipeline as were our two totally separate and contradictory agendas. Actually, the pipeline would promote the Paris Accord. Actually, the Paris Accord is something that the United States doesn't need to be messed up in. 
can't carry the buck for everyone else. In a time where the world is getting back on its feet, a pipeline provides jobs for blue collar America. The opportunities across the Midwest were endless and for Canada as well. And the environmentalists will cite a bunch of what if scenarios designed to criminalize and discredit the advancements of oil and gas midstream. But there is no science behind the claims. There's no data behind the claims. Quite the opposite. But the media will have you believe that we are big bad killers stifling small-town America when, in fact, we're elevating it. So as the papers read, the Trans-Canada, the TC pipeline, was built to transport the dirtiest, the dirtiest of fossil fuels to the market. Okay, going back to if you are not in industry, that sounds really, really scary. But the reality is, is that heavy oil does not mean dirty oil. It is an unconventional way of exporting and tapping into bitumen. I totally understand that. These are tar sands. They're oil sands. There's mining involved. But the pipeline has nothing to do with that. These advanced recovery efforts made through unconventional assets are actually some of the most technologically advanced and cleanest methods out there. So yeah, tar sands, otherwise unusable and naturally admitting you know, volatile gases into the atmosphere. Let's take them out of the equation and put them to use elsewhere. So why why is it important, right? Outside of the job creation and cheaper energy prices, all of which, mind you, are huge achievements for the American people and North America, it is security. As I mentioned before, the dollar is strengthened by oil and energy. We do not back our currency with gold. We haven't for a few decades. But that is why China has made such an aggressive push to unseat the petrodollar. Those who control oil control the value of currency. By Biden doing this and then claiming climate change, he can get a good bit of favor, right? It sounds sexy. It sounds like you're doing the good thing because we all want to do the good thing. But in reality, it's a devastating geopolitical move. It opens up. It's completely contradictory of the achievements that environmentalists claim they want to make. And there are actually no links or justifications to canceling this line other than he wants to get the value elsewhere. If we do not rely on our own oil, our own resources, our own North American resources, we must ship in said resources from other states and those states being oil bearing countries. The move pushes market share away from the US and into the hands of Middle Eastern countries, Russia, China, again, The idea of American security is only supported by controlling the flow and the global tap. It is an economic agenda that is being pushed as an environmental agenda when it is not. There is no connection because all that pipelines do is win for the American people. On top of that, oil refineries, I mean, I'm not in downstream, but oil refineries are not necessarily designed to support the processing of light crudes that we see in other unconventional assets. Uh, The volatiles you see out in West Texas, if you will. So although tar sands are not conventional assets, their heaviness is more easily processed here with our own infrastructure, our own existing infrastructure. 
So no, unfortunately, as I said, killing the KXL is a geopolitical play to push control of oil into the hands of those who work against us and quite possibly supply politicians with hefty payouts. Thank you, Hunter. As I said earlier, the environmental movement is a ploy to kill capitalism. The sad part is that capitalism and environmental achievements, they can be one and the same. Capitalism is progress and opportunity for all. Climate change might be real, but climate crisis is a socialistic marketing campaign. And because most don't educate themselves, it must be true, right? They wouldn't lie to us. They're not trying to push a different agenda, a socialistic agenda. They have to be true because it's the environment. I was actually asked on the phone the other day, watching all of this go down and being in the energy industry myself, am I scared? Am I scared for what's to come? And the reality is, is I am not scared for oil and gas. This industry has been pivoting and evolving for a while now for various reasons. And the reality is, is that we could spike oil prices to $250 a barrel and still not pull ourselves out of the debt that we have occurred since the 2014 error. So that being the case, the industry must consolidate, but there will always be a need for hydrocarbons and the technology that comes with the advancements of the oil and gas industry, the energy industry. What I am scared for are the working men, the single moms, the small business owners fully distressed out there in the economy right now. And they don't want to rely on government handouts because that will never be enough, right? The more you print money, the less value there is. They want the opportunity to succeed on their own. And that flies directly in the face of Biden's agenda. As I said earlier, actions speak louder than words. And what is happening in the first 48 hours have not been unifying actions, haven't even been unifying words. These aren't even actions that are truly supported by liberals. They, if they educated themselves, they would not be falling in line with this. These are the actions of self-proclaimed elites working to solidify their power because you, the American people, are merely a gravy train to the 1%. You know, I was looking at some other first day executive orders that were signed yesterday afternoon. And I think Dan Crenshaw said it best. The Paris Agreement. Well, that helps China and European diplomats. Canceling the Keystone Pipeline. That helps Russia. Halting wall construction. That helps illegal immigrants. Hello, Honduras. Didn't Biden just promise a billion dollars, sign off on a billion dollars to Honduras? Meanwhile, the working man in America can't find a job right now because we're not allowed to open. No, nowhere in Biden's first day of actions were the American people represented, the small business, anything that promoted reopening and recovering. And if you listen to the media outlets, I mean, they ate it up. Spin, spin, spin. I wish I could tell you it's going to get better, folks. But across the board, across social media and communication outlets, I'm seeing stress. I'm seeing worry. I am seeing what looks to be defeat, uh, nowhere to turn, kind of deer in the headlights. And many are asking what we can do as the conservative movement. And I've, I've said it many times. I'll continue to say it. 
This is not the will of the people. The display at the inauguration was pathetic. The party, the Democratic Party, was never for the American people. And sadly, we will have to hit rock bottom before we can change the minds of the left. The old GOP ways do not speak to the people any longer. The generations have changed. No one trusts the weak-kneed rhinos on the Hill. However, the introduction of a new party is not the answer. What is the answer will be the rise of a new age of conservatives. So if you are stressed, concerned, realizing that you are not willing to move on from this because you know that moving on is compliance and changes nothing, results in nothing, I'm going to tell you to start a podcast. I am going to tell you to post daily on social media, start a vlog, continue to talk about what is happening in your local communities as a result of these policies. The Dems on the Hill want you to stop talking. They don't want you to have your voice. They want you to comply. If you continue to expose and discuss, they lose. You cannot hide from your own paper trail. Talk about everything every day, just a few minutes a day with anyone who will listen. Expose the truth and then decide to run for office. This is how you bring about change. Do not let someone else steal the narrative and lead with lies. Because the American people never play dead. So, okay, folks, that is going to be it for this morning. If you are liking the show thus far, please leave me a five-star review on Apple And head over to YouTube and Facebook and leave me written reviews there. Every little bit helps because it gets the word out. Also, please be sure you are sharing and spreading. One of the best ways to continue to fight back, as I said, is to speak the truth and continue the discussion. I told you last time the newsletter is linked below in the show notes. Be sure you join because Big Tech does not want us to continue this discussion and they will take away our platform to do so. So, By signing up for conservative outlets, such as a newsletter on the crude audacity, you take back the power. As always, I appreciate you rising conservatives, you patriots for doing all that you are doing for the country, and I look forward to seeing how you use your voice. It's going to be a hell of a 10 days, but until next time, you give them hell.